Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. So, um, you may not know the process that we have here, sort of behind the scenes and, and everything that it takes to put this show together. But I'm going to share a little bit about our process, and that will help explain why we've arrived at the various things that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, around here, uh, the show producer, Chris, will often send story ideas uh, my way or, you know, to the group chat. And we will go back and forth and decide whether or not we want to cover um, those stories. Now, a lot of the stories that come our way, we just acknowledge them and move on. They need to develop a little bit more in order for us to really uh, get in there and figure out what's going on and try to cover it. And then there's some that obviously we have to uh, acknowledge, but it's up to us to decide um, what we feel is the most relevant for you so that uh, you're not sifting through a bunch of clutter that you get the stories that really matter and that are making an impact in the world around you. So um, Chris, as he always does, sent over couple of stories that I thought were meh, you know, they were just some mid, right? But Chris is really, really smart. And uh, I noticed a trend after a while. So we'll start. Um, last week, he shot over a, a an article uh, from hiphopvibe.com. And the headline of the article read, 
white man refuses to sell Dodge Charger to black man. Um, It's a 2013 Dodge Charger. And the white man said something like, you know, he didn't sell to his kind, you know. um, So, you know, that's a, a story, but it's not strictly speaking relevant to um the rest of the world we know things like this happen it's unfortunate but we're not going to make a big deal out of a 2013 dodge charger that this old white man wants to keep so um you know mental note taken moving on uh chris sent over another article maybe the next day two days later and this time uh this was a bin article from black information network and the headline read White man calls black coaches the N-word, blames anger issues. And this one I had to take a look at. You know, um, I didn't know if there was anything more substantial here than, you know, let's say a person selling a car. Um, and I don't follow sports all that closely. So when I see coaches and white man, I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's, you know, a lot of times athletes have a higher profile, coaches, et cetera. So let me check into this and see if there's something here. You know, I, I tend to focus on systemic issues, things that we all need to be aware of, trends, and then, of course, ways that we can impact those trends so that we can all live um, uh, more peaceful lives and uh, lives that are kind of true to the ideals in, in the Constitution, um, the modern interpretation of the Constitution. <laughs> so um, I read a bit. Uh, so I'll, I'll share a bit with that with you. Again, this is from the BIN. Brett White, a 22-year-old ex-Wendy's manager, was arrested for hurling racial slurs during a verbal argument with Dante Adams and Denzel Washington, who are both Woodstock Academy basketball coaches, per WVIT. During a court hearing, White confessed to saying the N-word, but claims he's, quote, not a racist person, unquote. Now, I want to mention this Denzel Washington just happens to share name with the famous actor. All right. Adams and Washington took their team to a Wendy's in Plainfield, Connecticut, following a game. White reportedly refused to serve the team. And when the coaches tried to talk to him about it, that's when he hurled uh, expletives and racial slurs at them. Plainfield police responded to the restaurant and arrested White for breach of peace. He was arraigned Tuesday in state superior court and now faces two additional charges, third degree intimidation based on bigotry or bias, a felony, and deprivation of a person's equal rights and privileges, a misdemeanor. So, um, you know, a little something there, but not something I'd normally report on. Again, it seems just sort of like a private incident. Granted, it involved a Wendy's manager and some coaches of a team, and there's more people there than just one man selling a car to another man. But, you know, again, mental note taken. And it wasn't until um, a little later in the week I found another link in my messages from Chris. And this one read, Dilbert comic creator calls black people a hate group, urges segregation so whites can escape. Now, this time I have a little bit of audio for you. So allow me to play that. If you know, nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, 
that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the f*** away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Okay, now I'm going to read from News One. Citing a recent Rasmussen survey showing 53% of black people agree with the phrase, it's okay to be white, which the Anti-Defamation League has deemed a hate slogan, Adams said on Wednesday that this was the first political poll that ever changed my activities while launching into an overtly racist rant. Now, I should mention that uh, Rasmussen is known for being very right-leaning. My belief is that this was either misrepresented, this data was misrepresented or misinterpreted. Um, But... uh, That was certainly something that I felt we should probably talk about. But I wasn't fully convinced until perhaps a day after I saw that. I saw another article uh, headline in our inbox that said, Elon Musk calls U.S. media and schools racist against white and Asians. This one came from CNBC. So I'll read a bit about that one. Uh, it says that, uh, Musk accused the media and elite colleges and high schools of being racist against white and Asian people, espousing his views without providing evidence. Musk tweeted these statements in response to news that media organizations around the U.S. detect, sorry, decided to cut the comic strip Dilbert after its creator, Scott Adams, disparaged black people in a racist rant on his YouTube channel. And then it goes on. To make another point, saying that Tesla has been repeatedly sued for racial racial discrimination and lost a high-profile lawsuit over anti-black harassment endured by a former worker in California. Um, And that brought about the thought, wasn't Elon Musk sitting next to Rupert Murdoch at the Super Bowl? Now, again, I don't pay too much attention to sports, but that's something worth paying attention to. And what I'm seeing is a trend in these articles. And if I may, this might even represent a trend in our lives. So what can we conclude from this? We have people who are, you know, small fish in small ponds that are refusing to sell 2013 Dodge Chargers all the way up to the richest man in the world who owns the platform that many people use to establish and chronicle narratives uh, about different topics in this country. And so this is something we need to know about. Now, for me, the conclusions that I've drawn are certainly in line with what I've known to be true, which is that, forgive how this sounds, but white people can be very sensitive. And I think that this is a particularly sensitive time in the 
timeline of white persons. That's not to say that black people can't be sensitive or any other group of people. There's certain things that, certain triggers, certain buttons that people will push. And I know that black people will definitely react to it. But I think that we own those a little differently. We admit them, we understand and recognize them, and we insist that these things be remedied often enough in a manner that is constructive and in a manner that allows for other people's reality to remain more or less uh, consistent. So, why is it that white people are seeming to be more sensitive than other than ever? Well, one reason is that the world is changing. You know, if you've been in the driver's seat for a long time, conquering the world and colonizing and erecting statues in your image and everything just kind of feels like your your team is on top. And then when you look at the changing populations, uh, and, and in particular in this country, that's moving away from a majority white country to um, eventually in the, in the coming years, white people will make up less than half of the population. That can be a very scary thing for white folks because that is new. They have not yet lived in that world. And the fear of the unknown very much shapes people's reactions, policies, ideas, etc. And that's something that we need to be mindful of. Because at present, as you, you know, and I know full well, there are white people who control huge parts of this country and indeed the world. You want to talk about banking, you want to talk about government, you want to talk about policing, you want to talk about housing, you want to talk about, you know, big business. We can, we can, we can talk about medicine, we can talk about uh, any number of things. And we know that at, on some level, we're going to have to go through not just one, a good amount of white men often enough in order to be heard, recognized, acknowledged, seen, understood, perhaps. So that's one way that we need to be mindful of the sensitivities of this group. And in being mindful of those sensitivities, we can be a bit more understanding of these type of reactions that we're seeing in these headlines. Another thing that uh, is changing is that White people are not being centered as often. Um, and, and in particular, white men, because those are the, that's the group of people that typically controls the power, right? And white men, uh, a, a, a not insignificant amount of white men push back against the Me Too movement. They push back against affirmative action. They push back against Black Lives Matter. They push back against so many different things that represent um, 
an upset to the status quo, potential upset. They challenge their authority. They push back against that because they often feel like they're being villainized, having been born a white man because of conversations indeed like the one I'm having right now. So these are things that we need to be mindful of. Uh, it, on, on this show, if I'm the one with the microphone, I will always say that those are our brothers. And white women are our sisters. I believe that to be a fact. I believe that to be a fundamental truth. A, 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 a founding principle of the universe that we are all brothers and sisters. And even if some of us can't see it at different points, ultimately we come from the same source. We were endowed with consciousness from the same creator, whichever creator you decide that is. And so being sensitive to their sensitivities isn't pacifying them or the situation. It's bearing in mind that while they still have the power, as things are evolving, they may react in ways that manifest themselves in articles like the ones that we're seeing. And for us to retreat into our corner and just say, well, they're doing that, so we should do this, I think nobody wins. But I do think that if we know what's going on, we can perhaps address some of the things. Bear in mind, White people are younger than black people. So these folks, in many ways, are still finding their way. What is my purpose? What is my value? You know, uh, on a cellular level, this may be something that black folks know. Maybe we don't push back against things in the way that white folks do. Maybe we do. Maybe it's human nature. I don't know. I haven't been alive for, you know, a hundred thousand years, but that little piece of knowledge certainly helps me keep things in perspective. So what does this mean? Well, it means that because of these sensitivities, white folks are susceptible uh, to fear mongering. And there are enterprises, institutions, businesses uh, who stand to profit off of wielding fear. Sell, sell guns, sell ads on Fox News, sell whatever on fear. You're worried about something that hasn't even happened, may never happen, and you're preparing for it as if it's a certainty. I tell you what, many people that love guns will often say that I have a gun just in case something goes wrong. I know that for me, having lived 40 years and most of the people that I know, having never needed a gun, owned a gun, used a gun, that a lot of us feel like the only reason a person would ever even have a gun is because they've made a decision out of fear. It's the only reason you would even own a gun. You can't 
It's not a knife. You can't shape wood with it. You can't, you know, it's not a tool. It is, it is designed to end a life. That's it. And most folks will only grab it if they feel like, you know, they're in trouble. And often enough, people that have guns end up in situations where there's a lot of trouble. Funny how that works. So fear-mongering. Um, the great replacement. You know, white folks thinking that there is a concerted effort to undermine or overthrow or whatever. Everything is corrupt except what it is that they're doing. Anybody that demands progress, anybody that demands equality, is such an inconvenience. Very strange how it works, but it is fact. You know, this uh, Dilbert uh, comic creator, this man, quoting this Rasmussen survey, is a direct sign, in my opinion, that fear-mongering works. Again, this Rasmussen survey, it comes from a very right-leaning source. But if I may, white lives matter is a statement that many people, if you asked, would you agree or disagree with, particularly black people, would you agree or disagree with, many black people would say, I disagree with that. Not because white lives don't matter. We all know that white lives do matter. This, the words, the sentence is fine. But the intention, the intentionality behind that phrase, again, it exists to contradict the phrase, the affirmation, black lives matter. So while you could ask black people, do black lives matter? Many people would say yes. Because there's some depth to the phrase there that lies beyond just the words themselves. Similarly, if you were to ask many black people, do white lives matter? You might get an opposite reaction. Now, if you're asking if the words make sense, many people, I believe, would agree. Yes, absolutely. I think fundamentally, we all understand and recognize that all lives matter. But the intention behind the phrase all lives matter is very hurtful. And it's meant to undermine a very necessary affirmation of Black Lives Matter. So similarly, this Rasmussen poll showing that 53% of Black people agree with the phrase, it's okay to be white, implying that I believe it was 27% disagree with that statement which was the foundation of this gentleman uh, referring to black folks as a hate group. You can see how the Rasmussen poll just delivering that statement misrepresents perhaps the intention behind that survey. As we know, and as I've read, the Anti-Defamation League deemed it's okay to be white, a hate slogan. I am a member of a group on a website, a popular website, 
that is called It's Okay to Be White. I couldn't tell you how many people subscribe to that group. It's literally called It's Okay to Be White. And I'd say six out of 10 things that they post, maybe more, are overtly racist. Now, I'm a, I'm a member of this group because I have to know what it is that these people are talking about in their echo chambers so that I'm a, able to engage when the time comes. I can hold my own if we both have microphones and we have to have a debate, et cetera. But that phrase, it's okay to be white, in and of itself is harmless. But the intention behind it is very hurtful. It's almost like a slogan. It's like saying white power. It's a very different statement than saying black power. One of those statements is rooted in black oppression and white superiority. The other one is an affirmation that black people indeed are powerful people. Two very different things. And so, this creator of this comic was the first to fall, <laughs> thanks to this Rasmussen survey. And then right behind him came Elon Musk. And I don't think we're going to see this trend uh, dissipate anytime soon. I think this is going to be with us for a while. And it's up to us to know how to engage. These are still our brothers, and these are still our sisters, and they are having a tough time, clearly. And since we are the big brothers and the big sisters, I think it's time for us to be aware, of course. We must engage. We cannot allow the disrespect. We also have to be a a bit understanding. For their sake, we are a patient people. We've shown that. And now it seems like our highest calling is upon us. So here's what I'll do. I'll keep paying attention to these stories. And I want you to do the same. Anything you got, send it my way. And of course, you can drop your two cents. I'd love to hear from you. Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. Or of course, you can use Ramses Ja on all social media. And we'll talk soon, all right? Until we do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.